Beekeeper Chat. My name is Flora. And my name is Fauna. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are both real-life zookeepers, and each week we'll be discussing a new animal and learning a little bit more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy. Yeah, it's just you, me, and this gnat. It's you, me, and this (laughs) dirty gnat that's in my bedroom for some reason. That's actually alarming. It probably means my cats have done something gross in this room that I have not found. Like, why is there a gnat? It's evidence of a crime. I mean, I am, like, (laughs) slobbing it because it's quarantine, but I'm not, like, bug slog it. Like, no. I don't don't invite the bugs in. Not that. But then the fleas, (laughs) they came in, but this is, like... It's different. This is after flea. Yeah. Uh, On the scale of bug infestation. Right, right. This this is is the next stage. We've gone to gnats. Flying fleas, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, though. And those things are so annoying. They always fly into your drink. Like, without fail. He's bumping into the computer screen, which is aggravating (laughs) the shit out of me. (laughs) So, but... My computer screen is very nice and expensive, so I don't want to, like, smash him on the screen. So I have to wait yes. for him to, like, leave so I can try to, like, clap him. And it's just, I'm not doing good. I have, like, dim lighting and, like, it's backlit. It's just hard to see. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, yeah, Nothing yeah. matters. That's my week. I, there's <laughs> bugs. How's yours? God. Uh, pretty good. I'm back on my resting week. But by the time you guys listen to this, I will have gone back to work. So, again, please <laughs> send, me, send me your T's and P's. Um... Other than that, it's been pretty chill. I'm currently baking some chicken. Everyone get lit. Send me a dab for your chicken, homie. That's it. Nice. God, That's all I got a, going. a pork shoulder today. I was thinking about you. Because I just think about <gasps> you at the grocery you. store all the time because I <laughs> hate being there. So I think about my best homie to get through it. But <laughs> Oh my God. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said uh, to me. Yeah. I'm gonna, but I'll, I'll Snapchat you when I put the shoulder in my Instapot. I'm going to fucking just destroy it turn it into some pulled pork so we'll see how it's it goes. gonna rock your fucking world get ready and now i just hate the stinky pork smell i just don't like the yeah it doesn't pork. smell good but it tastes good it tastes so good you know what tastes really good and smells really good you just inject that bad boy with a bunch of seasoning oh you know, a bunch of spices and I herbs bought and that covers the pork stink an entire bulb of garlic he's going inside of him so <laughs> straight in get ready <laughs> excellent i can't wait um, okay, so we have a little bit of business. We have a brand new Grime Gang patron, so to do a shout Woo-hoo! out. Mm-hmm. A little bit of word association. Thank you for joining our Grime Gang tier. Let's do, uh, what kind of, I don't know, what kind of pork rub are they? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is probably my favorite one so far. All right, uh, so this is Emily R. And if they were a pork rub, which pork rub would they be? Oh my god. What about like a Chinese five spice? Shit, that sounds delicious. I know, it sounds like so fragrant and like good in so many different things and like you know your house is gonna like mm, smell delicious. Damn, Emily, I'd eat you up. That sounds amazing right now. (laughs) Slurp, slurp, Emily. (laughs) Emily, damn. Okay, we also have our mysterious anonymous Patronus that sends us wooden postcards. They yes. just have a constant supply of these things. <laughs> where are they getting them? Uh, this one does say the Desert Botanical Garden. Don't know where that is, but it has beautiful flowers on it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you saying that they are making postcards out of wood, or they're buying postcards at these places that are made of wood? They are buying them? Okay. but See, that is bonkers to me. <laughs> but that, yeah. Damn, that'd be dope if they made them. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, like, ooh, maybe they're like a lumberjack. 
But <laughs> if they're just buying them, then they're probably not. It does say made in the USA, and these are coming from the US. So there's a chance they We've work at down. the company that makes these, and then there's a whole nother conspiracy. Okay, well, at hello. least we've narrowed it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, they say hello. They say that they are a patron. They answered our last question. And they Great. donked me on only eating one Oreo at a time. They said I should stack snack and eat three at once, which is pro-fucking-tips. I'm going to try that yeah, dude. after this That's podcast. genius. Because I still have genius. Oreos because they were buy one, get free. Uh, so our next question for our anonymous person i guess um mm-hmm. oh do uh do they uh do you work with animals yeah Let us do you know. work with animals where you're, you're a patron so are you one of our like animal zookeeping related mm-hmm. animal husbandry field patrons this is literally a game of guess who i love that I game. Know. i used to be very good at that game i'm living for it i don't know if anybody else is are the listeners living for it too do oh my god you know what we should do <laughs> you know what we should do know. but it's also simultaneously extremely creepy is we should make our own little guess oh, who board, and then you get to have that satisfying moment where you flip oh, down the tile. Oh my god, just a big old clacker thing. Oh my god, can you imagine? Yes. It's the creepiest thing like I will have done all week. Too many, there's like 80 patrons. That would be the biggest guess who game board in history. I don't think there's usually And always adding more. If you guys are interested in joining, join our guess who board. <laughs> join our crazy, <laughs> weird cult. It's gotten to that point. We're planning a commune. <laughs> it's in Canada. Join us. Oh, I want to go. That sounds great. I know. It's, everyone. Everyone thinks I'm joking. We've actually, like, picked the setting. <laughs> we're, we're planning it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, like, um, <laughs> we're like 40% into the stage of planning. So, yeah. like, this isn't a joke anymore. No. One of the uh, <laughs> people, one of the people's a vet. So, there are doctor. <laughs> so, we've got that going for us. It's going to be great excellent, and safe. Excellent. Everyone's going to have so much fun. <laughs> It's going to be great and safe. Everyone's going to have so much fun. Is like that's what's on the, the most concerning thing you could have said. <laughs> Keeper chat commune. That's our tagline. I can't wait. It's going to be you have to sign great, so safe. Everyone's going to have fun. Many documents that are just like, I will never sue anyone ever <laughs> when I enter these grounds. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. So this is, if you listened last week. If you didn't, you probably should, because this is, like, part two. We're on elephants. Shaka asked us to do elephants. We ignored it for, I don't know, maybe at least a year. Because it's a big task for a big animal, and there's so much controversy, and sometimes I just like to ignore. Ignorance is bliss, baby. You know, that's how basically how I live half my life. Yes. This gnat. <laughs> it is so <laughs> persistent, you guys. I must be the smelly. Am I the smell? Am I the rotten fruit smell? Is it me? <laughs> Without you a doubt. It. It's like in, it's going to be in me. I'm either going to eat it or I'm going to inhale it. It's so close to me and I cannot. Okay. Well, it's about um, time we brought on a third host. Oh, so. grief. Yeah, it's going to start talking halfway through. You can probably hear it buzzing by the fucking mic. It's so buzz, big. Buzz, buzz, bitch. Um, okay, so this is Elephant Part 2. We did like a little bit of description stuff, just some chatting generally about who, what, and where elephants are. Now we're going to yes. get more into just like the, I guess like the human part of elephants and our relationship with them, um, okay. the intelligence of elephants and things like that. I will say okay. I got burned out on elephants. So I think I had this in the last one. If you are an elephant lover and you have something to say, like maybe just don't send it to me because <laughs> I'm just burnt out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But if you, I, I mean, I, there can be a discussion Sure, but mm. like Jesus, don't write me a novel. 
and expect me to care. I don't, it's, it's beyond that. Okay, so first I have just like their, um, let's get into just, uh, I guess intelligence, working through, um, communication style. So they are an intelligent sure. being. They communicate with each other in a number of different ways. So one is touch. You'll see elephants touching each other a lot, like with their trunks. They're always like fondling each other. I know we talked to last episode, they like masturbate each other with them too. Yeah. Um, what that trunk do? But they're almost always like, if there's juvenile, like caressing and like holding the juvenile or the juvenile is always like touching a leg. They also kick a lot to like discipline. So they'll just like ram into each other and just like kick babies and stuff. Cool. Um, Great. But they're a really like tactile being. And I think like, I mean, they have a lot of blind spots, right? So like, if you need to know someone's behind you, the best way is just like tap them. Fucking nuts. It's like dude. you have an Africa shaped ear. You cannot see behind you like at all. There's no. Right. Way. That's a, that's a big continent. And it's, there's two of them. And they're on the side of your head. Exactly. Right by the eyeball. So, like, a good kickaroo is going to do you some good. Right. Uh, they also are, of course, doing, um, like, visual displays. I think we talked about that. Um, yes. These are mostly in, like, agonistic situa- situations. So they're not just going to, like, weirdly, like, display for no reason. They're doing, like, threat displays. So, like, raising their head, spreading their ears to look bigger. They'll throw dust and vegetation and just, like, just show off. Whatever. Um, but Hell they yeah. do vocalize as well. So they make different sounds. The most famous, of course, I guess, is the trumpeting noise. And that they do make with their trunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask last episode. And then I forgot. Yeah. You were just they can... pumping my brain full of info. <laughs> I know. There's a lot. I have 10 more pages. Excellent. Yeah. They will do that when they're excited, when they're in distress, or when they're aggressing. So that's like basically like high intensity situations. You might hear them like trumpeting. But they can also okay. make, like, a roar noise, squeals, bellows, and rumbles, like a deep kind of, like, grumbly thing. Um, that one's usually Ooh. in, like, must and when they're, like, DTF. Okay. They also have um, several infrasonic vocalizations, which are below the limit of, like, audibility. So oh my it's, God, like, of course. can't be heard. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and then some of their vocalizations i guess they have like a greeting when like they haven't seen a member for a little bit they have contact calls and contact answers like hey where are you i'm right here they have mm-hmm. let's go rumbles which is usually made by the matriarch when they're like moving um okay the bulls make a term that's called motorcycle when they're in must that's kind of like that low rumble i think um this oh, okay. is usually answered by a female chorus so the females will like vocalize in Return. Oh my fucking god! Like a gospel choir. I'm just thinking like the fucking like fates from Hercules. Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> oh, yes. a post copulatory call from females. So like after oh, they yeah, bone, they like yeah, and then after they mate, there's something called mating pandemonium. What? So after the cow has mated, her whole family just like produces calls of excitement. <laughs> oh my I god! I love that hype. They're just like yeah. Yes, go off the, fu- <laughs> the fucking squad. You're gonna have love a it. fucking baby. <laughs> yeah, they yes. love it. They love it. That's magical, dude. <laughs> I wish we did that. Can you imagine? <laughs> you just had like I mean, your homies do, but, like, on not like to that level on fucking Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, bitches? They're all like, yes. yes. <laughs> That's great. Love that. Uh, just to continue their just like whole aesthetic, they also can communicate with just like seismic vibrations. <laughs> oh my god! Of course they can. 
So weird flex, but okay. Yeah, they can <laughs> they can convey information through vibrations in the earth, like through the soil. So they do this kind of like freezing behavior where they kind of put their weight on their front feet. They kind of like tilt and they just like don't move. And this is because their leg and their shoulder bone can transmit the vibrations to their middle ear and they can kind of like get some get the sitch through the dirt. And oh. literal oh my god, get the literal dirt. Get the dirt. And they have <gasps> found that the cushioning on their feet, like it's very like plump looking, you know, like padded on the bottom. Yeah. That for sure. it's makeup i guess is similar to the acoustic fat that is found in like marine mammals who are doing like echolocation and other kinds of crazy shit in the ocean oh, so it's genius they have some like sound absorbing you know shit on their feet so it's helpful they've got some fucking moon boots yeah. that just like dead <laughs> moon and shoes. everything remember those moon shoes i my sister, certainly do my sister got moon shoes and took it got them for christmas took them out back broke a fucking ankle she jumped once <laughs> what she jumped once i'm pretty sure once and, like, she wasn't ready to go to the moon then. I know. I have the strongest bones. Knock on wood. I've I drink so much milk. I've never broken a bone. Oh my god! Every time I turned around, Flora is like guzzling milk. I bought one and a half gallons today at the store because I just I can't contain it. Like I need. I tried to. I stopped myself from buying two. <laughs> I literally live alone, <laughs> and I've been going to the grocery like once a week. But I uh-huh. I couldn't. I just I. You craving that mineral? God, I should get it. I should get a drink right now. I should get some milk. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, it's like coat your throat. Yeah, probably make like sound really drink. good. <laughs> really nice gravelly radio voice, just like covered in milk. Gross. It'll soften it. <laughs> okay. This is all. We're all learning <laughs> along with you. <laughs> so the seismic vibrations, like it's not like the motherfuckers out there like tap in Morse code. Uh, what they're right. hearing is like the elephants' movements. Like they're so big, they can hear each other. So. Um, they can hear, like, a herd moving at a really, like, vast distance. So, basically, like, they're saying the vocalizations of an elephant can travel up to, like, 16 kilometers or 10 miles. But, mm-hmm. A, like, an individual doing, like, a mock charge or something, you know, drastic can travel up to 32 kilometers or 20 miles in the dirt. Just as, like, a vibration waveform. Okay. So, yeah. it's, like, twice as much that. distance. To know if, like, somebody's, like, fighting another elephant 20 miles away. <laughs> Just fucking eavesdropping, yeah. dude. So they are smart. There's a couple of different intelligence tests that have shown that they're smart. I think everybody knows yeah. that elephants are smart. It's just, like, a thing that we know. They have passed the mirror recognition test, which, like, some other species, like great apes, dolphins, orcas, and recently the magpie have passed. They did mm-hmm. a test um, at a zoo, actually, and one of the three Asian elephants passed, which sounds like abysmal, but not like every chimp ever passes either. And I'm sure if you, I'm sure not every human would pass the mirror test, to be honest. Um, oh my god, for sure. Yeah, there's like variations, yeah. without a doubt. Yes. And apparently they've like tried it in the past and they kept failing and failing and failing. Um, and then this time they used a mirror that was, like, bigger than the elephant. And they just, like, left it in there. I guess before they were doing, like, small mirrors, like, outside of the habitat. And so they would, like, they would do, like, greetings towards this tiny mirror. But they never gave them one that was elephant-sized. Well, see, that seems like a a people problem. It does. Setting them up for failure. Um, they let the elephants have it for, like, a couple days. And then, like, after a couple days, they just, like, drew (laughs) an X on one of their foreheads. And he, like, mm-hmm. went up and he touched the X, like, on his own forehead. Like, he saw it was on his face. <gasps> See? 
There you go. Yeah. That's all it took. Um, they do use tools, although not as advanced as chimpanzees. They've been observed, like, using sticks as fly swatters. Um, especially in zoos, like, with different enrichment devices, they've been found to, like, use sticks to get things out of tight areas and all different kinds of stuff. So, okay, that is something that they do. Uh, they also have, like, problem-solving intelligence, like, with the same thing with, I guess, like, tool use, but, um, they did a study where, like, two elephants had to both pull a rope to, like, bring basically like a tray of food like it was like very big so if only one mm. pulled only like half of it would come and it wouldn't go through but they both had to yeah. do it mm-hmm. so they were able to pass that which is equal footing again with what chimps can do they also did some like arithmetic tests this seems bizarre what? scientists are bizarre to me like they go from like do you know yourself <laughs> to like can you add <laughs> whatever yeah maybe not the leap i would have taken right but um so what they did some like arithmetic tests where they would just like have buckets and then they would like put apples in the buckets and like the elephants were watching and so assuming they would pick the one that had the most apples in it so they had to like oh, kind of keep okay. a running tally in their head of like how many they had put in each yeah. so apparently 74 percent of the time they picked correctly well that's pretty good that's probably better than humans yeah it was actually humans were 67 percent <laughs> of the time there you go <laughs> We're, like, so relatively dumb to everything else. Uh, but that's another weird thing, too, is, like, so to a human, I think it was a child. I can't, I didn't write it down, but I thought it was, like, a five. <laughs> a child. It was, like, a five-year-old or something. I thought maybe that was something mm-hmm. else. But I feel like with a human, you can say, like, pick the one with the most. Whereas, like, an elephant, like, what if he just wants an apple? He doesn't care if he has ten or five, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that communication thing. barrier yeah. is maybe, like, a confounding factor. Tricky. Yeah. They've also been known to, like, just, like, fuck with stuff in captivity as well. Like, unscrew bolts and iron rods and, like, take apart stuff. Um, When people used to, like, shackle their legs, they would, like, Mm -hmm. unshackle themselves. There was, like, one famous elephant who would do it to herself, and then she'd do it to all the other elephants, and they'd just all leave. Um, (laughs) Bye! They have pretty keen memories, which is helpful in the wild when you have an ever-changing, like, landscape especially in terms of water. So, like, if you know where water usually collects in certain times of year. So, oh, um, yeah. I think that's, like, something everybody in the world knows is, like, I have memory like an elephant. I can remember everything. <laughs> that's that shit that's always in the freaking like, childhood books. It's, like, number one, they're scared of mice. They have great memory. They got big ears. And then things that are, like, seemingly kind of obvious. Someone someone wrote – I wrote it. <laughs> someone <laughs> – some idiot wrote down oh, this piece this. of fucking paper um, that they prefer prefer walking on like dirt roads. Duh. Oh, so like the sh- the path of least resistance. Yeah, that Which makes I guess sense. like some animals I- maybe aren't intelligent enough to take, but like elephants. They're are- like, God, my fucking feet hurt, but like I'm on this road, I'm so on this like road. I'm on this. It's like that. Um, <laughs> what is that song? Is that that Green Day song where they're talking about like? They're on that empty road, and there's that Tumblr post that it's, like, talking about a toad. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, well. <laughs> but I believe Continue. you. <laughs> there's you. also another um, study where they have to, they have a string, and they, to get the, like, sugar cane, this, like, delicious treat, at the end of the string, they actually have to pull it and then hold the amount that they've pulled in order to pull more. Oh, oh okay. So they have to figure yeah. out that, like, they need to... They need to do a second pull, right? And to, like, hold like a that string. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. The, all the ele- they did seven elephants. All of them mastered it within like three attempts of just like figuring out oh. like what the rope was, and yeah. uh, it was different for every elephant whether they like held the rope with their trunk or their leg or like they hooked it on some some other body part. Like it differed, so they all like came up with their own unique way. So. Um, they could figure that out. Oh, here's the other study. Was understanding pointing. Oh, so yeah. If they had yeah, like two buckets one. and a human pointed to one, 68% of the time they went to the one the human pointed to. Which yeah. is only 5% lower than a one-year-old baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just like studies are weird sometimes. You know? Yeah, the comparisons sometimes are just a little bit um, odd. <laughs> And, like, the, I will funding, say, the things people get funding to do and the things people don't get funding oh, to do, you know? Yeah. Yes, I yes, I just don't yes. think people get a lot of funding for even, like, animal research stuff. Like, not, like, like, like not, I'm not talking about animal testing or anything, but, like, give them a fucking arithmetic test. Did they get paid for that? You know, like, why isn't <laughs> yes. there more studies on this? It's like this? a roll of the dice uh, as to what gets approved. Yeah. I will say, uh Speaking to, like, the pointing test, that's something that was brought to my attention that I didn't even really think of because I work with great apes, um, if anyone's unfamiliar. And one thing that we talked about in, like, a training seminar was that um, oftentimes it's, like, when you work with your animal for several years, you tend to, like, forget that there's differences between training that animal and training others. You kind of, like, you know, get in, like, a zone, get in a rut. And um, that was one thing that was mentioned was that like great eight keepers a lot of times like rely on a lot of like human nonverbal communication to right. talk to their animals even if they don't mean to so like pointing is a big one or like if their animals are pointing at something like they'll direct their gaze to it so there's a lot of that involved um and you kind of just forget about it so it was just like just remember that that's not always the case for every animal right but it sounds like here with the elephants like it kind of maybe is a little bit yeah huh? they can kind of understand some of it yeah. Um, but another quote that I didn't write down who said it <laughs> is... <laughs> it was me. <laughs> is that, you know, with these studies and with a lot of studies, that we always are looking at animals through a human lens. Yes. So, like, that study with the mirror and not making the mirror big enough for the fucking elephant. Or they did another one. I can't remember what it was. Um, but it was failing, and then they used, like, a really smelly, like, fruit, and then all the elephants passed. Because elephants, like I said, they, they have vision, they can see, but it's not, like, one of their best senses, and they're not, like, relying on it. So, um, like, making sure that you're making these intelligence, especially intelligence studies, but, like, in terms of an elephant. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to, like, cater it to them. You can't expect them to be able to, like, write they don't have hands. <laughs> yeah. You give them the same worksheet that I have in my backpack. They're going to be gonna like, what fail. the fuck is this? Yes. <laughs> yes. So a lot of things that we, like, probably in the past, too, because we were dumber back then, I guess, um, you know, we've tested these animals for and we've said, oh, they failed this, they failed that. Well, we probably failed making the experiment. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. That's something, actually, that's discussed in On the Origin of Species by old daddy d like he talks about like the idea of perfection and how we like look at things through a human lens and it's very narcissistic and not accurate most of the time exactly Mm -hmm. so they do have limits to their uh intelligence and i think um i didn't really write down a whole lot but 
there's a lot of like viral videos and things on the internet that are like very easily manipulated and things that people take for granted that are staged things like um elephants there's like a thing where like an elephant picks up a piece of trash and puts it in a trash can and it's like wow this is like from a like weird webcam and it's just like a commercial that they filmed so oh not saying that they <laughs> okay. like wouldn't pick up stuff or like investigate stuff and maybe they would put mm-hmm. something away and maybe they did observe like a human doing that but take for granted a lot of the things that you see like with elephants painting like when they paint a picture of an elephant oh, there's usually yeah. someone like on the other side of them like directing them through verbal or tactile cues or they're like yes. trained to do a series of like brush strokes um these animals aren't yeah, like, like literally painting pictures of themselves that's not a thing Yes, it's, like, successive behaviors as opposed to this, like, weird anthropomorphism. Yeah. (laughs) And elephants paint, like, that's a thing you see all over and people selling elephant paintings where they just, like, Mm -hmm. take a brush in their hand, dip it in paint, and, like, make some marks. That's totally fine. And some keepers say they have, like, a tendency to pick some colors over other ones and all this other, Mm -hmm. like, anecdotal evidence for having favorite colors and things like that. But... That mm-hmm. is not really what I'm talking about. They don't draw pictures of shit, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they draw pictures of some random human shit that means something to us, but nothing, nothing to them? to them. Nothing to them. You know? like They don't do cave paintings no in the wild, okay? <laughs> Calm down. There's no fucking reason for that. That means nothing to an elephant. Get over yourself. <laughs> so they have been shown to have, like, um, emotional, I guess, intelligence as well, with, okay. like, showing interest. Like, this is, like, the thing I was talking about before. Showing interest in death and, like, bones and corpses of elephants which they don't show any interest in in like other species but if they find like bones they're gonna like pick them up and manipulate them if a herd mate or maybe a child juvenile elephant passes they might stay with that elephant for a very long time like very very long time like okay they might like suffer because they stood there for so long. Things like that. Oh, right. I feel like that's always highlighted in, um, like, daycare documentaries. Yeah. is like they have these kind of, like, death things. Yeah, yeah. You know, their brain is huge. They have more brain mass than any other land animal. And then um, even the whales, like, some whales are up to, like, 20 times bigger than an elephant. Whales' brains are usually only, like, two times the mass of an elephant's. Oh, So wow. they do have, okay. like, a very complex brain and it's not just big it does have some features um like a highly complex neocortex don't know what that means but (laughs) we have (laughs) one to someone (laughs) we have one and apes like apes because we are apes um have like a really complex neocortex as well so elephants do as well so it's not just bigger it is like a complex brain so it's not like they're doing these things on accident they are probably like thinking through and you know remembering things um sure like it's deliberate yes yes exactly and then the things with like the dying and the death rituals they do you know it's been observed a lot and then it's been anthropomorphized a lot and i wrote a quote again didn't write who said it is that the focus should always be to study the behavior rather than attempt to get at any underlying emotion which i feel like is important because we again whenever we're trying to explain something we always put our like human spin on it and we try to like add emotion to it or anthropomorphize it so we can understand it better but yes, we can't do that. It just doesn't work like that. So, yeah, it's like it's like comparing apples and oranges. You yeah, know? it's just not gonna work, no matter how hard you try right. to make it fit. But these animals are living like 70, 80 years, and they're living together. You know, if this is like a matriarchal herd with like a juvenile elephant, and they're like raising this elephant, it's totally dependent on its mom for at least three years. Totally dependent. 
Like, they obviously have a bond. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would have some sort of, like, ritual and some kind of something after they passed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's like, I think you nailed it. It's like, it's not going to be in the parameters that we think about it, but that doesn't mean that it's any less valid or it doesn't exist. Right. It's not like they're having a human funeral, but they're doing something because they have an attachment to that individual. Correct. Yeah. Correct. They've been found to, like, self-medicate with things like um, tree leaves that induce labor and, like, females who are pregnant. <laughs> oh, um, go, girl! <laughs> oh, other things in the death ritual, too, they sometimes will cover the body and stand nearby, which is what I wrote, and mimic. They can also mimic sounds. So, especially in, like, zoos and stuff, I think they've heard... Um, Elephants who have, like, heard the same noise a lot will start, like, mimicking noises that they wouldn't otherwise, like, make. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, you see that a lot with birds, right? It's like a sign of intelligence, too. Yes, and whales do it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're smart. Everybody knows it. <laughs> A-plus students. <laughs> so now, like, humans have used them for a really long time, like, the, a really long time. They were, they've been working animals since 3300 BCE. Whoa. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, in the year two thousand continues to today. There's over thirteen hundred elephants, working elephants in Asia in the year two thousand. Uh, they are okay. usually captured in the wild, at around like ten, and then um, it used to be like they would trap them or train or you know trap them or lasso them, but now they're tranked and um, trained. Uh, what are they okay. used for? They're used to haul loads into remote areas, move logs. Transport tourists, pull wagons, they lead religious processions. In North Thailand, they're even used to digest coffee beans. Everybody loves, like, animal shit coffee beans, man. That's so oh my god, yeah, it's, it's like thing. a superfood. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in these communities, they're valued over tools because they can work in incredibly deep water. They mm-hmm. require, like, no mechanical maintenance because it's a living thing. Um they don't need gasoline, which costs money, or, like, oil. They just need water and vegetation, which is kind of free. And they can be trained to memorize tasks, so it takes, like, the burden off of humans. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a lot going on there. Um, yeah. If a bull is in must, they're pretty much unusable, so they're usually, like, chained up. And it says semi-starved until condition passes. This is obviously not, like, for every person in Thailand and shit, like, doing this. I'm sure there's one person that's not terrible. <laughs> right oh yeah well yeah oh yeah yeah um but it's really hard to find any just like good information about elephants on the internet don't know if you guys have tried lately but it's pretty abysmal Mm -hmm. um and then of course like tourism is huge with like elephant rides and elephant baths and all this shit with elephants and you can find elephants in these tourism situations who look good and you can find some that don't look good at all um they can have sores from like laying on concrete they're chained they have wounds and things like that as well which Fuck. isn't fun. Also, and as, as far as, like, working, they've also been used in warfare. They were used as instruments of war a long time ago as well, 4th century BC. Uh, they yeah. would put sharp tips on their tusks and armor their sides. And they were mainly used as just, like, invoking fear. They weren't, like, really destroying stuff, I guess, so much. I mean, they can. But it only worked for a little bit. And then once, like, the other people were like, oh, it's just, like, a big thing. Then they stopped using them because they were like, okay, it's not scary anymore. Yeah, yeah. And in a lot of cultural cultures, they are significant 
the Romans uh, in Africa, there's a lot of significance. Even in the United States, there are symbol of like the Republicans, so they're horny over elephants as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, so even <laughs> though they're used, well, not even though, but they are used by humans. They're culturally significant. They're an icon. They're like the most recognizable animal, probably other than like pandas in the whole universe. Um, their numbers yeah. are kind of not great. So the African elephant is vulnerable as of 2008. There isn't an independent analysis between the bush and the forest, so they're lumped together as mm-hmm. African. Okay. In 1979, there was an estimated, like, anywhere between one and three million elephants. Mm-hmm. They have a big range, so I think it's hard to necessarily count them. Um, and yeah. by 1989, so ten years later, there was an estimated, like, 610,000. So oh, down about dude. 74% in 10 years. Um, but again, a lot a lot of guesswork involved. So, like, give or take a lot. But in 2012, the estimate, again, is down to 440,000. And they think about yeah. 55 are poached on a daily basis. Uh, awful. Uh, but with all of that, they do think the African numbers are increasing because they have, like, a pretty wide range um, and there are some laws in place and some protections. Their numbers seem to be okay right okay. now. Like, we're not going to lose well, them in the next five years. Hey, yeah, I mean, I, I hope yeah. not. Uh, like, but even though there are legal protections, a lot of it is, like, due to, like, where the land is. Like, it's a protected area. Mm-hmm. So, actually, 70% of their range is outside of, like, protected area, period. So they're oh, so sure. incredibly vulnerable. Um, there used to be cullings, like large-scale cullings of elephants, and those have gone down um, since 1988. They have stopped um, in some areas. So instead of culling, they start, like, translocating them or using contraceptives. So that helped as well. So, like, if one area was, like, low and one was high, they would just, like, move elephants over there. Sure. And then since 1989, the sites uh, made trade of elephant parts illegal. But there is some mm-hmm. still, I think, to this day, restricted trade in certain countries that's allowed mm-hmm. due to, like, cultural reasons. Uh, sport hunting of elephants is still legal in some countries as well. Um, yeah. Asian elephants, on the other hand, are worse off than our African friends. The Asian elephant is an endangered species since 2008. They uh, have had a 50% decline in the past, like, 60 or so years. So that's pretty God. significant. Um, and then overall, to this day, their number is still, like, thought to be decreasing. So, um... Not great. So not great. Yeah. Uh, and they're mainly listed as endangered because of their more fragmented, um, habitats. And they are sure. extinct in some areas they didn't used to be. So, like, Java, Iraq, there used to be elephants. There's none there. Um, oh, so they dude. think there's, like, forty to 50,000 left. Ooh, it's, like, not a lot. That's not very many. Not a lot. It's like a drop in the ocean. Pretty much. So their number oh, one dude. biggest threat is yeah. poaching still to this day. Yes. So for yes. their ivory, which is their tusks, their meats, and their hide, there are, of course, laws in place to protect them, but it's called poaching for a reason because it's legal. So in June of 1989, the U.S. was actually the first country to ban ivory imports, mm-hmm. and then some other countries did follow suit. Kenya even destroyed all of its 
entire stock of ivory, which was incredible. And then in 1990, Damn. it was an international ban on ivory. It did cause some, I guess it did have like an impact on humans as well. So it caused like incredible numbers of unemployment in China and India where it was like an extremely profitable industry. So like it right. did have effects on like humans for sure, but it was for the betterment mm. of an entire species, which I feel like. Maybe to that individual who lost his job, not great. But to everybody else, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, one of those ethical questions that always comes with conservation right. discussions. And, like, I you think know, people poaching is, like, a huge livelihood. All the time. So for me, I'm like, yeah, end it. Yes. <laughs> but that's just yeah. not a bad person, though, so. it's. I mean, it's, like, a multifaceted problem. Yeah. But, but to me, it's very simple. <laughs> yes. Oh, great. <laughs> but to me, it is one facet. <laughs> Uh, but this overall, like, international ban and stuff obviously still decreased numbers of the trade. Um, so it did allow yeah. elephants to somewhat recover. Okay, that's great. But there are still, like, poachings that happen, like I said, like, every day. Um, and 2012 mm-hmm. was one of the worst poachings. There was 650 elephants um, killed by uh, Chadian. I don't Chadian? Like, how do you say that? People from Chad. Chadian? Oh, Raider? Chadian? Yeah, Chadian Raiders. Um, in Cameroon, they killed 650 elephants. That's a lot. Fuck, dude, that's awful. That's a lot. The African is more susceptible to poaching than the Asian because okay. the Asians don't always have tusks. So the females usually have like little to none. Oh, so right. So they're right. like targeted a little bit less. But they live in areas with higher human populations. So they run into more like human elephant conflict mm-hmm. than maybe the Africans, which do still run into that. But um, they run into it a little bit more so they're going to be the first ones to be affected by human encroachment as well like even just like developing areas and stuff that's like a big thing for them and because of like the size of the elephant and the amount of uh like the environment that they take from like uh i don't know water and trees and all leaves humans and elephants like cannot coexist in the same space basically like that doesn't work they each need their own habitat um, they can yeah i mean elephants are like busting through things yes. you know they just need that space to bust they can trample buildings they can trample of course <laughs> crops they can eat all of your sure. crops in like a day yes um yes i mean like we said before they can like excavate like caves and shit so they can like tear up your your backyard sure so some things that are being studied and stuff are things like bee fencing where they put like beehives around crop farms and and farms oh my god that's genius because elephants don't like bees they just don't (laughs) and nobody likes bees because they have sensitive skin and their ears and they get stung by bees and they don't like it and they can hear the buzzing of the bee so it can't just be like a fake beehive it has to actually be a bee in the beehive (laughs) oh my god that's genius like if i were fenced out of something by like fire ants i'd be like oh yeah that's like probably the most effective fence yes (laughs) you know just like put bees crazy um and it's also Send in the another thing that the farmers can sell, right? Like, they're producing a product by raising the bees. So there's, like, elephant-friendly right. honey um, that you can, I think, maybe buy online or at least, like, support them. Um, and that's what that is, which is really cool. Uh, I know, I think there was, like, peppers, certain peppers they don't like. So they've been, like, getting some farmers into, like, growing certain produce that the elephants don't like. And then other ideas are things like urban corridors where you're, like, leaving areas that they can get through without tearing up your entire village yeah 
Yeah, those are pretty handy uh, because for that reason. Humans are killed by wild elephants every single year. So they are, um, you know, it's not just fun and games. Like, there's actual issues that people are dealing with, which we can be mm. a little, um, what's the word when you, like, have feelings and you, like, are sad for somebody? Sympathetic. Yeah, usually, yeah. yeah. We can pretend. I can pretend. You guys probably actually feel the sympathy. I can <laughs> pretend to be sympathetic. Uh, but no, it, it is, it's not just like, oh my god, everyone, like, is killing elephants. They're majestic. Well, the elephants are also killing people, so we have to keep that in mind. Right. Yeah, that human-animal conflict, it can be brutal. Yes, exactly. Uh, we are privileged AF. So, you know, the cullings were, like, a big thing for the a while. Um, there was, like, an instance where uh, a large culling occurred, and elephants, like, went and trampled just, like, whole town and just, like, killed everybody. And it happened, like, right Fuck. after the culling. So that was, like, a vengeance killing, like, thing. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff with that. But uh, between, like, 2000 and 2004 in eastern India, they said about, like, 30 people. Oh, I'm sorry. 300 people. <laughs> oh, that's, that's more. That's more. <laughs> uh, in northeast North India, between 2001 and 2006, there was 239 people killed. There's, like, anecdotal evidence that the elephants are drunk sometimes. Like, they eat, like, that gross fruit, you know, and then get, like, drunk. I don't know how a person would – I mean, I guess they're stumbling around. So they said that (laughs) – They're, like, singing songs. Yeah, in 2002, (laughs) a drunk elephant attacked an Indian village, killing six. And that led to the people going out and killing over 200 elephants. Oh, my God. Through, like, things like poisonings and things like that. Um, Yeah. That sucks. So, I don't know. That sounds like a vengeance killing to me. And then... It sure does. Like a true vengeance yeah, killing. Yeah, they say on average, maybe like 100 people a year are killed by elephants okay. in India alone. I mean, it makes sense. Like, we're in their habitat. We're in their space. Yes. We're like surrounded by And they're food. very big. And if you Google like elephant attack India, just like you can Google fucking yellowstone and watch a man get gored by an elk you can watch a man get trampled by an elephant like there's dumb fucking people finding an elephant and jacking it like leave it alone they don't they think it's some like gentle giant i don't know the thing steps on you and your head bursts like a grape so i will never understand why people approach wildlife i don't either and it happens all the time i have been lucky enough to be in like national parks with wildlife like glacier and yellowstone Mm -hmm. And every animal that you see, someone gets too close. Every single one. Someone gets out of their car, it's a different person every time, and gets too close and either scares it away or almost dies. Well, they always scare it away, but then they sometimes they also almost die. Every time. It's like mind boggling. Why are you doing that? And like even in like (laughs) I don't know, the fucking Smoky Mountains, it's a bear it's a bear yeah or when people like approach bison like what the fuck what the fuck (laughs) it blows my mind that thing will eat you to space get out of the way a moose (laughs) i've seen a person approach a moose don't do that oh my god they're so dumb i can't people are so stupid (laughs) okay so that's all that shit so um okay as well this i I went down a deep road into, like, Circus Town, USA, and it made me oh, sad. Yeah. I texted yeah. you earlier. I cried. So, yeah. just, like, briefly, because I don't, I, like, okay, I can talk, we, I can't, because I'm not an elephant expert, but I've, like, Googled stuff. But, like, you could talk about elephants and the history of elephants and the future of elephants for, like, weeks. 
So this is crammed. Oh my god, for the rest of your yeah, life. This is crammed, yeah, this crazy. So you guys know. But um before zoos, elephants were in circuses. So like circuses kind of came first. And of course, I mean even before that, they were in like menageries in like China and Rome and shit. Obviously that came first. They were like in gladiator battles. Mm-hmm. But in sure. like modern day society, the circuses kind of went first. So like the first known one was in like 19 or I'm sorry, 1808. This motherfucker bought okay. a baby elephant and named her Old Bet and tried to get her to, like, farm for him, and she wouldn't. So then he started hauling her ass around and paying or making people pay to see her. And that went on for a couple years until 1816. This makes no sense to me. When a farmer shot her, he thought it was disrespectful to parade her around for show. So why not shoot the man? <laughs> why did you shoot the um. elephant? Yeah. She didn't choose that life. The no. Fuck? It was the man that did. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Uh, this circus shit. This past... You know what? That's some PETA shit, though. That is. Yeah, they think it's better off dead. So, Barnum and Bailey was kind of like the big first circus to do this elephant shit. I think there was another one, but, um, this is the... Barnum and Bailey is famous, famous, famous. So, they bought an elephant from the London Zoo for ten thousand dollars in eighteen eighty two. That's a lot of money. Ten thousand dollars in eighteen eighty two. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And its name was Jumbo, and they think that's like a take on um, Jumbo, which is like hello in African Afrikaans, I think. Okay. Um, or one of the African languages. There's a lot of them, so I might not be right. But that is actually coining the phrase Jumbo. I did not know that. Like Jumbo oh. shrimp, and like. Jumbo means oh, big. Oh, I didn't know that either. Jumbo didn't mean big until there's this big fucking elephant named Jumbo. <laughs> wow, dude. That's remarkable. I, I didn't know that. So this poor elephant, he's been through the ringer. His parents were killed by big game hunters. He was captured by them. They sold them to an Italian animal dealer. They sold him to a German menagerie. He was imported to France, then kept in a zoo in Paris, and then transferred to the London Zoo in 1865. Guys, hopping all over the place. Yeah, he was like big and everybody loved him they did elephant rides london like loved this fucking thing i think like said like queen Mm -hmm. victoria wrote him loved him shit and then in 1882 he was sold to pt barnum which is you Mm -hmm. might sound familiar barnum and bailey's and it was cited due to like growing aggression from this male elephant london lost their fucking mind Ten thousand school children wrote a letter to queen victoria begging her not to let this happen people were like sued and the sale, like, held up in a court of law. So P.T. Barnum, like, hauled his happy ass to America, this elephant. Jesus. He, in the- f- The elephant's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. This elephant has been through so many things. In the first six weeks of his, like, show, this uh, traveling circus of this elephant, he made $336,000. So he's already paid, Jesus. like, tenfold for what he paid for it. Um, And, and in today's dollars, at $7.5 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the- price of my student loan insane (laughs) uh so this elephant kept on the road did like crazy shit with this pt barnum guy until it was hit by a train which is just weird but apparently oh my god yeah so because they travel you know on trains and then train tracks and stuff uh it was after the show and he was like walking the elephant back to its like cart and it just got like hit by a train just like really weird that's pretty fucking sus yeah people have been have said things that it they don't believe it, but they did a necropsy. Stomach contained things like coins, keys, and even a police whistle. So, um, people, of course, fed him all different kinds of stuff. P. 
P.T. Barnum wasn't done profiting off of the elephant. He did a bunch of crazy shit, like sold it. Did donate the skeleton to the Museum of Natural History, and I think it's still there today. He sold the heart to Cornell University. Um, he had it skinned and had the hide, like, as... Because he, he was saying it was the biggest elephant in the world. It's He wasn't. But that was, like, the, the circus shtick. So he, yeah. um, like, traveled with the hide still and things like that. Attenborough, David Attenborough, the one and only, they did, like, a... I guess it, maybe it was a documentary or something. Or they just did a study... Uh, called Attenborough and the Giant Elephant, I think is the documentary name, where they went back and, like, looked at Jumbo and his remains and stuff, and his mm-hmm. skeleton. They did find that his teeth were malformed, probably due to the, his soft diet. He wasn't getting the right stuff, eating the right stuff. Right, um, And so right. he had obstructed forward movement of his teeth. We talked about in the last episode Aww. how his teeth are constantly yeah. growing forward. So his, like, quote, like, aggression issues and all this stuff previously was like he's in must right like they were like he's just always in must but they probably were more due to the fact that he had like constant toothaches oh buddy yeah. they also found um he had overgrown tendon attachment areas which is consistent with just like long-term overload so just like putting too mm-hmm. much weight on his body for too long um so when yeah. he was hit by that train he was 24 years old oh my god fucking sucks yeah. dude uh none of this was in the greatest showman water for elephants i don't know i don't remember that <laughs> oh our pets yeah. our pets is in that it's actually a good movie but um <laughs> so that kind of was the beginning of more than 200 years of elephants and circuses one of jumbo's or i'm sorry i keep calling him jumbo now but jumbo one of his like keepers wrote a book i think um i can't remember oh, if it okay. was the london zookeeper or if it was one of the circus people but someone wrote a book about like, caring for him and things. One thing I thought was interesting was... I'm talking really fast. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, like, get... There's just a lot of information. But um, one thing that I found was interesting is, like, there's always this thing about elephants being scared of mice. And they even did, mm-hmm. like, a Mythbusters thing about it. And they, like, the elephants didn't mm-hmm. weren't really scared of mice. But in this book, the elephant keeper said that Jumbo was afraid of mice because he was chained up at night. And he would wake up and hear Jumbo like crying and like making noises and he would go and find him like he was chained to the ground and rats were like chewing on his tail and his feet. So he had like an adverse reaction when he saw like rats and mice. Yeah, it's like um, the most tragic thing I've ever heard. Oh! Just wait! (laughs) We're not even at the part where I cried. It's this next elephant. We're just gonna talk about two horrific things that happened in history, okay? Okay. Because I feel like it needs to be said. This is awful. And this elephant I had heard of before. Her name is Topsy. And... Oh my god, yeah. It was a Bob's Burgers episode. Yes! It was a Bob's Burgers episode. And number... First fucking off, that is the name of a slave in Uncle Tom's cabin. Which I feel like... Great. Is, like, off to a really bad start. Yeah, she was born good. in Southeast Asia and brought to the Four Paw Circus and was basically touted as, like, a bad elephant. Like, it was like, come see this bad, mean elephant. She's bad. Like, we can't control her. That was, like, their selling point. She Great. did kill a spectator in 1902, and then they, like, really kicked off the bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you read that, like, killed a spectator, you're like, damn, she just, like, grabbed a man and killed him. Actually, she was, like, not even performing. She was, like, in a tent. A drunk man came into the tent she was in, and she was chained up. He threw dirt at her face and then burned her uh, trunk with a lit cigar, and then she crushed him to death. 
Oh my god, I support her. 100%. I know! Like, you didn't just kill a spectator, you murdered a bad man. Like, I I don't know. Took vengeance. Then another man stabbed her with a stick, and she picked him up, and was, like, Freak. gonna eat him until her trainer stopped him. So, at that point, I guess they were like, we're done with her. We have to sell her. Uh, so she was oh sold to another facility, where this, like, man just, like, she had one trainer, and he just did crazy shit with her all the time. Uh, he, like, stabbed her with a pitchfork one time, and police saw it, and they, like, approached him, and then he just, like, let her loose. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, my God. Uh, and just, like, all this crazy shit happened with this one trainer. And then he finally quit, and the tr- circus were, like, trying to get rid of her, and they couldn't. Because no one wanted her. Because for years, they were like, she's the bad elephant. She's the bad elephant. Yeah. So they were like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to publicly hang her and sell tickets for everyone to come watch. I fucking hate humans. And then the American Society for the Prevention of Animal Cruelty said, hi, excuse us. No, that's our entire purpose. And that is the exact description of animal cruelty. So they were like, okay, but like, we're going to kill her. So we'll do it more humanely. And then they're like, okay, but you can't sell fucking tickets. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't, but everybody else did. So over 1,500 pe- people and over 100 photographers came to watch Topsy get murdered. Um, the Great. buildings, the roofs of, like, all the buildings in their, like, surrounding area were selling tickets. So, like, the rooftops were lined. Like, everything was lined mm-hmm. up. She was, like, unloaded and then was set to, like, cross this bridge to, like, get to this area where they were going to... Poison her, electrocute her, and hang her at the same time. Because they wanted to do it humanely, I guess. And she refused because she knew, I mean, like, they're not dumb. And there's, like, a million people staring at you, shouting at you, probably. It's pretty horrific. So they decided to, like, break down everything and, like, move it to her. So she was fed a carrot laced with potassium cyanide and was then sent 6,600 volts to her body for 10 seconds. And when she was electrocuted, a winch tightened around her neck for 10 minutes. Oh my god. And fifteen hundred people came to watch. I hate people so much. <laughs> I like cried. This isn't even if you read the whole thing, like this is like a play by play, but it's yeah. horrific. I had heard of Topsy before because I had heard that Thomas Edison electrocuted an elephant to like show the power of electricity, which is false. Mm-hmm. So Edison Film Company was there and did film topsy getting electrocuted and they made like this little weird movie about it which is kind of fucked up but i think they were like documenting it and the uh, electricians of the edison company were the ones who provided so like the electricians were the ones who like did the electric part Hmm. so because there was the film like topsy electrocuted made by the edison company and like put out by the electrician his name was on it it. so then there was all these like crazy things about edison like killing an elephant fuck's sake um that's the worst thing i've heard all day it's the worst thing i think i've ever heard i just can't uh, i just don't understand why people like have this like inherent uh superiority over anything else that lives i just don't i would never pay to watch an animal die i would never willingly you couldn't pay me to watch an animal die like that no Oh my god, no. Like that especially? No. I mean, it's horrific. No. It's truly awful. And for an animal so with like that much her. intelligence to be surrounded by that many people and you know they were just like screaming. And for her to be like alone and, and has scared. been alone Ugh. her entire life. 
fuck's sake, Just, like, stabbed dude. and burned and... <laughs> I fucking hate people. Oh, my God. I want to fucking oh. kill somebody. Okay. So... Obviously, that's not how all circus elephants were, but in recent years especially, there's been an overall decline in the public opinion of circuses, especially in their use of elephants, which led to the decline of circuses using elephants, which was something. So, in 2015, uh, P.T. Barnum and Bailey, who were kind of like the leading circus people that have done circuses for over 200 years, discontinued their use of elephants, um, and then in 2017, discontinued their use of circuses. (laughs) They went out of business. There you go. Yeah. They uh, made, like, a giant elephant center somewhere in Florida. So all of their elephants were moved to, like, this giant kind of, like, sanctuary and research center, which I do think is very nice. Yes, I've heard good things. You know, they – I feel like they did keep up with the times in terms of, like, training and um, enrichment. But just, like, the mobility of that lifestyle is not, like, suited for elephants. I don't think anybody can, like, agree that's, like, the best thing for elephants is to be, like, carted around. Sure. Yeah, so there's still elephants, camels, big cats. There's still bears and shit in circuses today. Um, it's just that it's not P.T. Barnum and Bailey. So I think that's yeah. still a thing, especially in, like, outside the U.S., especially. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a whole nother can of worms. But yeah, I think with our care of elephants and zoos and how it's changed so much in the, like, recent years, like, I just don't think there was any room... For us to fuck with like circuses, like right, yeah, it was kind of like um an obvious next step with like the way things were progressing. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So sorry if you worked with elephants I know. and circuses, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that's like a hot topic for a lot of people, especially in like animal care. Yeah, is like the whole circus thing, but right. And I don't think I mean the bullhook thing. I mean that's always like a huge thing. Like they didn't use bullhooks yep. for. I don't, I don't even know, but several, several years. Like, I don't think that there was any force used on those elephants or anything like that in these, like, nice circuses. I just don't even think, like, the environment was, like, perfectly suited for an elephant. They're just too fucking big, dude. Yeah, it was, like, it wasn't necessarily bad, per se, but it was, like, we have all this information now. We can't just ignore right. it. You know, we gotta, like, do yeah. something. So. so now we'll talk briefly about zoos because we're running out of time. <laughs> um and i think that's one thing like you just said too is like the information is coming out and like maybe there's things that we need to change and i think that's something that zoos are doing as fast as they can but they need money to do that and they need time to do that so and they need support to do that yes so like just like our kind of like dolphin episode i think we talked about there's controversy there's so much controversy with elephants. Oh my um, god. Everyone's an elephant expert. Everyone I know is an elephant yeah, expert. Yeah, I'm not. I just read Wikipedia nope. for like five days straight and I still don't know anything. <laughs> yep. So just some, I'll just go through my notes and then we can just like chat because I, I didn't really write down a whole lot because I just, okay. yeah. Okay, so a lot of the zoo elephants are wild caught. Some of them mm-hmm. are like culled elephants who would have been killed, like sent to death. Mm-hmm. They were instead sent mm-hmm. to live in zoos. Um, AZA, the accredited, or the Association of Zoos and Aquariums has, um, created even more, like, stringent rules specifically for elephants than they have for, like, other species, including in 2011, yes. minimum acreage requirements that they are having their facilities have to have. Um, and in 2014, mm-hmm. they changed their opinion to no free contact, so no working with elephants 
without like a protective barrier between you and the animal, which is very different because most zoos prior to that were at least semi-protected, if not free contact, like a lot of the time. Right. That has led to some zoos going out of elephants or going out of AZA. In 2004, Mm -hmm. I think Detroit was the first zoo to kind of just say, we're not good for elephants. We're going to not do elephants anymore, which I think is Mm -hmm. very smart. Detroit seems like a place where it's not warm enough for an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not the best suited for Uh, elephants. So good on them for that. But yeah, a lot of these changes has either caused zoos to phase them out or renovate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were given like a timeline to do so. I think there's yes. around, like, 300 elephants in 62 AZA zoos, but that doesn't include, like, circuses and little roadside things or, like, other accredited facilities. Anything I can get, any information on the internet about animals, I'm sorry, about elephants in captivity comes from animal rights activists. There is no yeah, information disgusting. on the internet that is, like, coming from anything that I can fucking find. That is not just, like, an agenda-ridden piece of shit. Yeah. So it's really hard. I mean, it's no wonder people are so, like, fucking fired up. It's the only thing. Yeah. So the only information I could find outside of AZA is from PETA, and they think there's over, like, 70 in, like, circuses and other, like, smaller zoos. Okay. Didn't, um, didn't AZA in the last several years also make a requirement that zoos that house elephants have to house at least three? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is that recent? Or is that always... I don't know. I think that was recent. I think they made it like a recent requirement because I know a lot of facilities that had elephants either did not have the like space to house three. They couldn't renovate to house three. They didn't have the money to house three. And so a a lot of them just like stopped their elephant program completely. And then a lot of other zoos like picked up the slack. Yes. Because a lot of places Um, recently in like recent years have done like multi-million dollar. Yes. Yeah, because I think part of it is like the requirements that you said, but there also had to be a plan in place for them if they didn't currently have three to yes. work toward getting yes. that for like in mentality. the time limit too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so the overall population doesn't inherently seem sustainable. The elephants aren't breeding really to increase their own population currently in human. Well, it just takes so goddamn yeah, long. God, my notes are just all over the place because I just have so many feelings. But, okay, so, like, when I was a kid and I saw elephants, they would walk the elephants every day around the zoo all the time, Mm -hmm. free contact. And they would, like, take them on walks and stuff. So, like, maybe their habitat wasn't as big, but they, like, walked them around. So now they, like, have eliminated that, right? Because they've moved to protected contact only. You can't just, like, walk elephants around. Um, But one of the arguments Mm -hmm. for, like, elephants not being in zoos is that, like, in the wild, they walk over 50 miles a day. But... I mean, yeah. really, they only walk that because they're, like, looking for resources, and they have to in, like, their ever-changing environment. That's, like, that goes for every animal. Yes. It does. I think people forget that when they're so card, like, experts on the yeah. subject. I also, and this was, like, a, a, like, clip of a quote, was basically, like, the the issue of, like, should zoos be, or should elephants be in zoos, for some reason, like, it's should they be in zoos or not? And then there's, like, no seemingly in-between. And a lot of that, all it does is, like, idealizes this, like, wild elephant that's out there, like, living its best life. When in that yep. is not the case at all. Like, they're persecuted constantly nope. by people. And 
they're running into like a lot of issues and being poached and murdered and a lot of other things. So I think that's one thing that we have to keep in mind too is the wild right now is not good. Yeah, I think one thing that I've realized is that people like to, again, put it in like human terms and put it in black and white and they like to say like, well this is worse than this. So this first thing is worse. You know, it's like, it's bad compared to this. But it's like, you don't, that's not even the parameters in which the argument is being held. It's not even the parameters in which elephants are like living. Like they're living in zoos for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're not just there for our fucking entertainment. Like there's like so many different facets that go into it. And I think when people put it in black and white terms and are like, well, you know, this is awful compared to, like, their wild habitat. And it's like, we didn't put them here because, only because there's, like, terrible shit happening in their habitat. There's, like, a lot of other things going on here. Like, you have to, if you want to enter into this discussion and you truly care about them, then you owe it to them to learn about all of those facets. Like, I just, I think so many times it becomes a black and white issue. And that's when people get so fucking riled up and they don't ever consider all of, like, all of the details that go into the decisions that are made on behalf of the animals. And, unfortunately, the animals are the ones that are forgotten in that argument. Like, they're the ones who, while you're sitting there yelling at each other about shit, are, like, living their lives and are, like, waiting for someone to come to a decision. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just ridiculous. I think a lot of times, like, people think it's – or it appears that, like, the zoo mentality now, at least for zookeepers – I'm sure there's people that are in zoo business – because they do make money, like CEOs and shit. Yes. Like, I'm sure it is a business to them. But in terms of, like, zookeepers and why they're doing it, is they're, like, thinking of the greater good, right? Like, the the whole of a species. And then when you yes. get more towards animal rights activists and people who are focusing on – they're focusing on the individual. Like, let's save this one elephant at this one zoo. And they get really hyper-focused on that. And sometimes – it helps. It, yeah, there's definitely animals in, like, super shitty situations. But uh, other times, I think it it gets lost. And it's weird that it's, like, there's two organizations who want the best for an animal, and then for some reason they're fighting. Like, why, they're they're, like, why is there... Yes. Why aren't they fighting... Like, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. So, like, why aren't they teaming up to fight, like, the actual shit? That's what's, like, so annoying to me. Yes. It's like, um, again, I guess, again, to like point out the black and whites, it's like you have like the good or the bad side. And then within that quote unquote good side, you also have two polarizing opinions. And I think like you talked about animal rights and I think that elephants are a perfect example of those differences between what is animal rights and what's animal welfare. Like if you're talking about animal rights, like you said, you're talking about the individual and you're talking about specifically focused on getting it to a wild state is the is the basic right. of it, right? Like, you want to get it to the state that it would have in the wild. Which, on paper, sounds great. But when you actually look into that and you dig deeper, that's when all of, like, the horrendous things that, like, PETA is known for, that's when that comes out of the woodwork. Yeah. And, like, and I think zookeepers are the ones that are thinking about things in terms of animal welfare, which, again, are keeping the entire species in mind and keeping the greater good and, like, the future of the species in mind, while also doing what's best for that individual. Like, I think people just don't fucking think about that because they're so quick to draw lines and to, like, put, like, pit mm-hmm. opponents against each other that they never consider the shades of gray between. Right. And that's where you get these, like, 
crazy fucking activists well, and then, who are just like willing to do anything and one of the like most famous like animal rights like sanctuaries is paws sanctuary which is taken in a lot of like ex-circus elephants yeah. and a lot of other like elephants from i guess zoos that like the i think it was like somewhere in canada like the community shut them down and shit and made them send them off i don't know but anyway yeah they are like they're taking elephants who were in like free contact or like protected contact training sessions every day relationships with trainers mm-hmm. and then they're putting them in it in what they say are is like their simulated wild where they're just like alone in a big field all day because that's yeah. like the wild so it's like but is that yes. better especially for that individual when his like life is so completely different than what it was right so there's a lot yeah, I think, of stuff involved. Well, and I think like you said, like the, the idea of animal rights is focusing on one individual, but it's not focusing on that individual. It's focusing on one animal. You know what I'm saying? It's not taking that individual's history. It's like, it's medical issues. It's social structure. It's not taking any of that into account. It's just taking, it's just thinking about one right. animal, not that yeah. animal. And I think- that's a huge difference. Well, it's almost too. like animal rights is like inherently selfish. Because you, like as a human, you think you know what's best without any other information. And like, okay, so yes. like I said earlier, if you Google zoo elephant, elephant zoo, elephants in zoo, where can I see an elephant in a zoo? The entire first page of Google is PETA. Why should elephants not be in zoo? Top ten worst zoos that have elephants. Yeah. Top twenty worst zoos that have elephants. This zoo killed an elephant. This elephant died at a zoo. Death to elephants. Fuck zoos. Like, the entire, like, it's pages and pages and pages and pages. There's no way to even get any good information. Like, I don't know what zoos are doing, but they're not putting anything on their fucking website that's got any fucking search result (laughs) history. God damn. (laughs) Fucking Google search results are not great. (laughs) So you can't even, I mean, it's just like getting blasted it's paving the way for controversy it's it's the dodo it's PETA. it's the new york times it's national geographic like they all have something negative to say so it's hard to find anything but it's like i'm just like skimming through things i'm reading an article i think is like neutral and then i get to a point where i'm like oh no it's not it just quoted like some asshole and then it's like so-and-so former actress I'm like, well, what is she? Why are we quoting this bitch? What does she have to say about anything? What the fuck does she know? Well, I think it's like we're we're currently you said this earlier, like we're currently in the state of like we're constantly learning new things. And it really honestly, truly comes down to a difference between like taking that confirmation bias that we all inherently have mixing some of like the only media and like information we see coming from all of these like extremely skewed sources and putting that up against actual scientific evidence. Yeah. And it's like, it's when that anthropomorphism becomes like dangerous. It's because we're taking our personal feelings about something and things that we believe to be true, regardless of the evidence is staring us in the face and deciding that we're going to make decisions on behalf of whatever's going on. And that's fucking harmful. That's not how we should operate yeah. these things. And I think that's where like a huge chunk of this conflict is coming from because you have the people who generally are in the scientific community and those are your keepers and your researchers and your conservationists who are telling you and like screaming at you (laughs) like what you need to be doing and what's going to be best and then you have these people who read an article once and are like no i know better it's like 
Okay, well, and then, of course, because you have a celebrity endorsement behind it and you have tons of money behind it, that must mean that, like, that's the side that's, like, correct. Well, they're definitely the loudest. It's frustrating. But, um, okay, so there's yes. a quote from the, I think, Sedgwick County Zoo director that the statistics and data that are currently being used to say that elephants in zoos don't do well are uh, data that go back decades into the time frame mm-hmm. that does not apply to what we're doing today. So I think that's an interesting Great. like note, too, in saying, like, uh, you know, the mean, you know, the average age of an elephant in captivity or, like, things like that and life expectancies and things and, you know, like, animal welfare and all of that is, like, going back 20-something years. Well, mm-hmm. when, when did we kill Topsy? We killed Topsy in, what did I say, like, 1880 or something? Was that? Or was it sooner? The 1800s, I think. So in, like, you know, 2075, 2080, are they going to look back at, like, 2020 and be like, wow, they fucking killed Jumbo at San Diego Zoo. Like, is that going to be our topsy? You know what I mean? Like, is what we're doing now in, like, another hundred years, it might be so fucked. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, yeah, we're constantly sure. changing. So that, I guess, is – that's how you're – that's how you need to make your decision. You need to make your decision on is it worth it? So is maybe not having them in the, like, most ideal situation in human care or the not the most ideal situation in, like, what's left of their fragmented wild, the mm-hmm. research and the training and the knowledge that we're gaining and the – I mean, like, if you've ever seen an elephant in real life, you're going to shit. They're huge. You don't get that. Yeah. I mean, you just don't get that from a screen. So is that, like, enough to justify it, like, what we're doing mm-hmm. now? Like, I don't think that they're yeah. – I don't think that they're miserable. I don't think an- the elephants in AZA facilities are miserable. I don't think that. No, I mean, like, the people looking after them are specifically trained to care for them in the best way that we currently know yeah. how. So, like, who better to be able to judge their actual well-being? <laughs> I killed that fucking gnat. <laughs> oh! He landed on my hand. For fuck's sake. It's me. I'm the stink. Checkmate, PETA. Do I think they can be better? Yes. Always. Literally always. No one is sitting here going, like, zoos are perfect. No. There's nothing wrong. Like, those elephants are have the best no. lives. No, that's not true. But are we doing the best with what we have? Yes. Here's what pisses me off. All of the shit that is, like, literally killing our entire planet and, like, ruining the lives of, like, infinite species is our fault. So I feel like we have a pretty big responsibility to do something to fix it. And so when we actively try to fix it, people are like, no. (laughs) How dare you? And I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, yes, it can always be better. But that's the whole point of, like... Having that humility and, like, following science is you're always looking to learn yeah. more and to apply the techniques that you've learned. Yeah. That's the whole fucking point. And when you have this, like, weird fucking pre-existing bias toward things and you're just going to, like, use emotion to make decisions, which isn't good for anyone, right. you need to be using facts to make decisions. I'm going to get off my Like, I box. definitely <laughs> don't think that elephants are better off dead than being in, like, an AZA zoo. No. Absolutely not. But there's, like, I still have issues. Like, I still, and I'm not an elephant expert, but there's things that I have issues with all animals in human care. Like, especially if you're in, 
like a temperature dependent city where yep. you have African animals who are inside like the majority of the year. Yep. Or they're shifted in all night yep. and you're you don't have night keepers, so they're inside for twelve hours and things like that. There's those are things that like I still to this day like do not agree with at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to elephants as well and like being shifted in and things like that. But they are intelligent and they are getting like mental stimulation every day. There are still stereotypical behaviors that are seen in elephants in human care. So there's like pacing and head swinging and um, and things like that. Sure. They can have health issues with like feet and standing and cracked feet and things like that. And then like another thing is just like the staff. So like I have never worked at a zoo that's like held its entire staff for more than like a month. Like it's ever changing. Oh, yeah. So like if you're yeah. an elephant keeper and you're working with this animal who's like living 70 years, he's probably seeing 70, at least 70 different people that are working with him. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and like that kind of like rubs me the wrong way too. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like I think um, I think that's an important point just in general too is like even though you and I work in the industry, we by no means think no, it's perfect. And oh my God. we completely understand and totally agree with the idea that like there are a lot of things that need to change. But again, like you said, it's like we're, we're doing the best with the cards that we were dealt. And I think, like, you can either give up and just revert back to whatever the fuck, (laughs) regardless of, like, what's going to be best for those animals, or you can try to make changes to make their lives better. And those changes don't happen overnight, and they require a lot of time and money and support. But, like, I, I personally feel that going that route is the better way. And it's, that's not to say it's perfect, and that's not to say that, like, Every zoo out there, especially those that don't have the backing of, like, national organizations are doing the best that they can do. Yeah. But it's also, like, what else do you reasonably expect yes. to happen? Reasonably. Like, <laughs> and that's another thing, too. No, I think that's a really good, like, reasonably expect. So, like, a lot of articles I was reading were saying, like, well, they have elephants in captivity and they're raising money, but they're sending money, but they only sent $17,000. Well, we're also trying to save every goddamn fucking animal because they're all dying. So I think like reasonable expectations, like we're not superheroes. Zoos aren't superheroes. There are zoos that are, again, are trying to make money and they're trying to stay out of debt. Like they have to like cut corners sometimes and do things and make decisions that mean they're not sending $9 million to like African elephants every year. Like, the expectations yeah. need to be reasonable. So that's why it just infuriates me because there's – I keep saying zoos make money. Animal rights activists make money too. <laughs> like, the Humane Society, yeah. they make a ton of money off of the plight of animals. And PETA does the same. Like, that's a business still. They're not, like, working for free. They have CEOs. So it just sucks that there can't be, like, these two huge industries who want to save yeah. animals – and they cannot get together at all. Other than that one time and they can't, that like, PETA fucking pool their resources. came to AZA and, like, bitched about how zoos suck. Like, that was not helpful at all. No, it's fucking not. Like, there's just, like, bigger fish to fry. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's just frustrating that we can't even come together to, like, put our differences aside and focus just... on that. Because, like, can you imagine how great that would be? How much more we'd be able to do? How much progress there would yeah. be? It would be at least double what we're currently yeah. doing. Like, things would be better and get better faster and just be excellent. And it's, like, we can't even do that. Yeah. It's fucking infuriating. And I, and I, but I think, like, 
and this i think the zoo industry and the animal rights industry like back to what you said at the very beginning like you need to be open to information yes the things that are coming in and ideas that are coming in you can't just like stick your fucking feet in the mud and say like no i refuse to change oh, we've always we done always it this have way elephants. <laughs> we'll always have elephants or whatever yeah. like we have to be changing and we have to adapt and I think one thing that's, like, I don't know, we might have even said it in the dolphin episode, and, like, I, the more I think about it, the more it's just, like, this, like, toxic image that I feel like has been poured into us, where it's, like, a slippery slope, right? Like, we all, I feel like we always say it's, like, a slippery slope, like, air activists came for whales, mm-hmm. they're gonna come for elephants, and then, like, we're oh, next, yeah. right? Like, then they're gonna come for fucking penguins, and they're never gonna come for penguins, no one gives a shit about birds, but... I feel like that's a bad mentality to have. I mean, they might, right? Like, they might come and, like, and like attack and whatever. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be, like, also listening and, like, taking a second to be, like, well, what if this isn't the best thing to do? Or, like, right now, is this the yeah. best thing to do for the animal, for us, for whatever? But just saying, like, yeah, I mean, I stop them no matter like... what. It's a slippery slope. Like, defend yes. them to our death. Like, that's not gonna Well, that's help. just... No. And that's just drawing lines again. And it's like, that's not helpful in the slightest. And I think it comes down to like, whether you can be truly humble and like take criticism and take feedback or whether you are egotistical and prideful. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, that's what it comes down to. And it sucks because unfortunately, it's become like a weird turf war. And in the meantime, there's no fucking progress yeah. being made. And the and one of the other things, too, that I feel like is, like, all this, like, displaced aggression and shit with, like, keepers. We don't make any semblance of a decision about anything. So if you're oh, talking no. to an elephant keeper, they love the shit. Elephant keepers, number one, I would never pick a fight with one. They're fucking ripped because elephants eat so much shit. And they, sh- and they shit oh so God. much. Yes. Their muscles are outrageous. <laughs> and they're usually they're insane. Jet. And they're usually, like, very tan because they're always outside. And yes. they eat. They just they eat as much as an elephant does because they work so hard. They, like, have zero body fat. Oh, my God. And they're so dusty. And they're always dusty. They're, like, they're, they have, like, the, <laughs> the sock the tan, but it's actually just dirt. But it's also yes. a sock tan, but it's also mainly dirt. I know. It's, like, very grimy. It's But very when you good. meet a zookeeper and you start bitching at them about, like, zoos and animal welfare and animal rights and all this stuff, they never dis- – they didn't check a box that said, like, get that an- elephant from Africa. They didn't say yes. make that habitat uh, that square foot shorter. They have nothing to do with that. They are spending every yeah. waking moment of their workday making sure that this animal is living its best life to the capacity that they are able to give it and the budget that is given yes. to them by the staff and the management and yeah. the CEO and the board of directors and the community and their donations. So next time you want to bitch at somebody, sure shit, don't do it to the zookeeper because it's just going to not be helpful at all. <laughs> I have yeah, no I control <laughs> over anything. I make minimum no. wage. <laughs> All I do is make nothing and love these animals. (laughs) Please leave me alone. Like, you're literally... Okay, yes. That's a really good point because when you do that, like, yes, that person works for that company and to some degree, they are a facet of a face of that company. However, when you approach that person and you just, like, berate the shit out of them, you're just bullying, like, a a regular person. (laughs) You just, like, approached me at the grocery store when I'm trying to, like, go home and make nachos, and you have just, like, told me what a horrible person I am when all I did was, like, 
do my best to provide the best care that I could for an animal that day when you've never even fucking done anything for them. So I am, A, not inclined to listen to you. B, I'm probably going to get my feelings hurt. (laughs) You're ruining my night. Thanks. Just get out of of my fucking face. And this is why we drink. It's not up to me. (laughs) Exactly. This is not up to me. And it's not up to any of the keepers. Like, if you truly have an issue with it, again, don't just fucking draw a line. Don't go and berate someone randomly who you think might have a a hand in it. Like, do your fucking due diligence. Become knowledgeable on the subject. Figure out ways that you can reasonably help and set realistic expectations. Like, find a way to help that's not just going to be spitting more shit into the world. Like, find a way to help that's actually going to do something positive and not just, like, fucking vile everywhere. And, like, please. Thank you. And my just, like, call to action to zoos and, like, elephant people, if you're out there convince your fucking zoo to write some shit on their website god damn it's not there yeah i just like that's we have to be transparent we have to be transparent yes you can't pick and choose what you're transparent about like if you announce that an elephant is pregnant two years in the past even if that motherfucker miscarries people are gonna be so goddamn sad because they're invested if it gives birth yes. and you never told anybody and then they find out it died, they're going to crucify you. Like, you have to invest yes. the people. You you have to – we go through – as zookeepers, we go through so many emotions. We see these animals go through so much stuff. And you don't share that with the public. You only share the tagline, the headline, that the goddamn elephant died. And that's all they get from yeah. it. And it's just bullshit. And it ah! – And guess what? We're – and guess what? We're the ones that get the fucking hate. Yes. we're the ones that are like oh those people deserve to like burn yes. in hell for like yeah. doing that to that animal or you all like it's better off dead than in, in right. your care and it's like wow okay i've only dedicated like years of my life to taking care of this thing and like we have a connection and, and i am like full of grief yeah. but yeah go ahead pour salt in a wound that you have no business speaking about. i just literally think like that 100 percent transparency like Put so much information about what is happening at your fucking zoo that people just, like, don't even care. Like, I want everything (laughs) done. I want, like, Jumbo took a shit and then, like, (laughs) Matilda threw it at a visitor or something. Like, I want all the information there because it's just not enough. Like, all people see are the headlines and all the headlines are negative because that's what news is. And we wonder... Well, we wonder why there's so much misinformation out there is because there's no record of correction. And why And why hide? Like, stereotypical behaviors. Like, people know what those are and they see them. Is, like, most zoos, some do have signage. And they'll say, like, you know, da-da-da-da-da, this is mm-hmm. why this animal's doing that. Most of them don't say fuck all. So then what does the person do? They come in and they see a tiger pacing and then they go home and they're mad about it. What if they had a sign that was like, hey, fucking Zambezi paces because this, this, this. These are what we're doing to counteract that. Like, here's how you can help. Donate. Fucking send us a goddamn tiger ball. Like, whatever. Like, I just... Mm-hmm. It makes me so angry. Why is everything a secret? Yeah, it's an opportunity for education, and unfortunately it's not taken and advantage like, of as Obviously as there's going to be bad people who are going to comment shit, re- but they're going to comment shit regardless. Oh my god, the neckbeards are never They're never not going to be there. Gonna be so. there. 
You can't just hope that they don't show up. You have to actually appeal to the people who aren't like you. Flora and I are going to start a zoo. We're starting with bugs because they're very small and nobody cares about bugs. I am fauna. And then (laughs) we're going to write a daily blog about what our bugs do, how many babies they have, their relationships, like all of that. I'm going to fucking put it on the web. People are going to be so emotionally invested in our insects that they're going to fund our entire weird commune in Canada that's also a zoo. (laughs) I can't wait. It's a great business Uh. model. Well, and I think we touched on it earlier in the episode, and I'll just speak very briefly about it, but, like, anthropomorphism is a huge contributing factor to all of this, because if you don't understand something inherently, and you don't have resources to help explain it to you, then what are you going to do? You're going to compare it to what you know. And I think that's so fucking dangerous. You talked about it last episode with, like, the elephant tears. We talk about it with, earlier in this episode, with them, like, mourning and having, like, funerals and things like that. Like, you cannot take things that animals are doing and apply it to what you understand about humans and think that they're in any way the same. They're not equitable mm-hmm. at all. And it's dangerous to do so because you end up in shitty situations like this. And I think that is such an opportunity for zoos to like correct inf- misinformation. Like how fucking dope is it when you walk up on a sign and you're like, oh yeah, this orangutan looks this way because that's how his bones are. Right. Like fuck's sake, dude. There's just like... Again, it doesn't need to be a big fucking secret, but the reason that people get so fucking passionate about this is because they're emotionally invested in it. And that's, again, where, like, your lines are already drawn between two crazy groups of people. So when you get emotions involved, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, and you're never going to be able to overcome those differences and actually come together to make a a positive change. It's just not going to fucking happen. So we need to take equation out of, or I'm sorry, emotion out of the equation and actually start listening to what is truly going on and like make an effort to understand that. Even if it's, you know, even if it's not in your regular vocabulary, you owe it to them to be able to understand that if you truly care. But people go with emotion and that's what like those animal rights people, I mean, that's what they... And then they give you, it's like you said, like, look at the bigger picture. They don't. They, they give you a snapshot. They give you a tiny little thumbnail of a picture of the world. And that's what you're basing your decision on. And they do that on purpose. I hate them. You can be given heaps of information, like factual information. But if you see a sad clip of an animal, even if you don't know what's going on, what the context is, anything about it, you're more likely that's going to stick yep. with you. You know, and that's just like human fucking nature. And unfortunately, that's what those types of companies are using to like prey on people and get yeah. money and further their agenda. And it sucks. Well, that's all we have for this week uh, and this <laughs> rousing episode of Keeper Chat. That's the elephant. They're smart. They got electrocuted one time. Tesla was there. Edison was there. Tesla. He might have been, been there, actually. It was a long time ago. Circuses <laughs> happened. They're going out of style. Zoos are still here. They're changing for the better every day. Everybody hates everybody. Someone get me a drink. That's the end. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and never talking about fired up. again. We love you. It was a great topic, but damn, am I tired. <laughs> That's all. Bye. Let's, I'm ending it legitimately. Oh, oh. Follow us on oh. Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Email us. Not about this. We have a PO box. <laughs> we have Patreon. 
Oh, a side note, if you guys do actually want to make a difference in conservation, consider uh, leaving a rating and review on iTunes. We do what's called Rat Raves every month, where every rate and review we receive, we donate $5 to a conservation organization of our patron's choice. So we highly recommend checking that out. It takes like nine seconds, and it's a great way to make a yeah. difference. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, bye. bye. We're going to go drink. Bye. bye.